Welcome to Northern Goal, the football podcast from the Evening Express Impressing Journal. I'm Ryan Crail, and I'm joined today by Jamie Durant and Paul Third for this special quick reaction episode we're going to do after the news from Aberdeen this afternoon. But first of all, guys, how are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you guys? Great. Break out the bunting. Yeah, not stressed in this slight. <laughs> um, okay, so to catch you up in case you... You haven't seen Aberdeen have this afternoon confirmed that Stephen Glass is their new manager. I know, out of the blue, right? And the 44-year-old has uh, he's been confirmed. Although we don't yet know whether Scott Brown, as expected, will be his assistant, or whether Alan Russell, the England strikers coach, will also be coming on board. Stephen Glass has yet to arrive from America, but Dave Cormack has hailed him as the, the outstanding candidate out of all the the applications they received. So, guys. What are your first thoughts on Stephen Glass's arrival? I've got a question rather than a thought. Anyone know what the Aberdeen Way is? <laughs> I did laugh at that when I, I saw it. I, uh, <laughs> it. When you do this job, there are times when you'll sit back and you'll go, that's going to come back to haunt somebody somewhere down the line. And that was the phrase that stuck out from the, the club's announcement. Listen, I wish Stephen Glass the very best of luck. I think he's going to need it because as we're seeing with each passing week, the size of the job ahead for the new Aberdeen manager is looking ever more daunting with each passing defeat. It's just been horrific, this uh, run they're on. I noticed he was obviously termed as manager in the in the release as well rather than like head coach. So you would, that would imply there's going to be a significant amount of control handed over to Handed over to Stephen in terms of coaching and recruitment and whatnot, which again is probably what what he would want in terms of getting the role. I mean, it was obviously it's a kind of the worst kept secret, really, wasn't it? Because we, we kind of we'd known for for the last couple of weeks that Stephen Glass was the likely front runner for the job, despite any other names that might have been thrown into the mix, and maybe despite what Dave Cormack had said last week. It's 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 an interesting one. It's it's a different trajectory and direction for the club. In, in appointing someone that's come more from a coaching kind of role rather than, say, like a managerial background and someone who doesn't have any kind of um, managerial experience in Scotland. And again, for some people that might be, that's a bad thing, which I understand, but some people it's a positive as well in that it's something fresh and it's the club taking a different approach to things than, than maybe what they have done over the last eight years. Do you think, um, obviously we had Cormac, Last last week, saying that there was a thorough interview process ongoing. Do you think the nature of the defeat to Dundee United at the weekend had a bearing on how quickly the process was um, concluded? Do you think that there's a real need? I know that Willie Miller and Evening Express today wrote about a need to get somebody in, get a bit of direction back because it does feel like things are sort of sort of drifting a little bit and also, I mean, get that manager in, let him assess what he needs to do for that squad next season and going forward. I don't know if the process was accelerated on the back of Saturday's game, but it should have been because it was it was, it was was awful. And, and I, I mean, I was scathing in my match report in the paper on Monday in the press in general because I, I made the point that Andy Considine came to speak to the media after the game, as did Paul Sheeran, and they both said, this was actually better than what we've seen before. But Aberdeen still never looked like scoring. They had one ball that was deflected onto the post, and that's pretty much as, as close as they came. And it's it, the, the size of this job, I don't think any of us really thought 
it was going to be as big as it's now clearly becoming. And those nine out of contract players, four loan players, I don't know how many are going to be here, but clearly we need someone in, which we now have in Stephen Glass, to run the rule over these guys and make some decisions. Because if he decides, I don't want any of these 13 lads, then look at the size of the rebuild job that he's now taken on. Well, that's it. I think that's that's the important part of getting the two, the the manager in now, rather than say waiting until the end of the season. You'd you think that kind of the first few weeks of the job, he's going to a lot of his decisions are going to be made then as to who he sees as as a key player going forward or some, a seat or guys he sees that they can afford to to let go. I think it's important to kind of note some of like the kind of the detracting arguments obviously for Stephen being appointed obviously they've said that he's got no kind of managerial experience over in Scotland and there's also the the thing that's been pointed to him being like friends with with Dave Cormack which I can kind of I can kind of get that argument and people can maybe see it as as maybe as a a lack of imagination there but I think being on the same page with the chairman is not necessarily a bad thing I think there was obviously some talk of little a little bit of friction behind the scenes between Cormac and McInnes towards the end. So if if Stephen Glass is on the same page as Dave Cormac, hopefully that should make for a more kind of fluid working relationship. And I know he's maybe not got the kind of experience and the results of the teams he's been in charge of, like the Atlanta United second team and the kind of the brief interim period he had in charge of the first team. I don't believe the the, the second team results you can glean too much from because I think the the whole, the whole point of a second team is to get players ready to step up to the first team. And it's maybe not all about the results. It's all about preparing the players to take that next step into, into senior first team football rather than say, oh, we need to go and win the USL rather than say, making sure the players are ready to go and play MLS. The chairman did his interview with the club website a week ago. And one of the things that he said in that, which has really hit home today following the announcement, was when he was referring to his conversation with Sir Alex Ferguson. And Fergie had said to him, appoint someone who you have a good relationship with and you can trust. And clearly that's been two huge aspects that he's given a great deal of thought to over the past week. I know there are fans that are going to be looking going, this is a lazy appointment or an easy appointment. They haven't even bothered looking. I don't think that's true. I think they've gone through and sifted through over 100 applications, as we've heard, and I'm sure they've done their work properly. Aberdeen's too big a club to just go, oh, here's this guy sitting over here, he's my mate, I'll bring him in. I can't believe that for a second, I really can't. I do think that there's a need for them to be on the same page, Cormac and Glass. I mean, obviously, most people are when you start a job, you're kind of um, of the same mind as the people who've employed you, but... As you mentioned, Paul, the, the amount of players that got out of contract in the summer, Niall McGinn, Nash Taylor, Shea Logan, Tommy Hoban, Mikey Devlin, Greg Lee. I think Bruce Anderson might have been offered a new deal. I think that's a rumour that's going around. But Ethan Ross, Mika Vertanen, you'd probably expect them to stay as well. But then loan deals for Fraser Hornby, Callum Hendry, Camberry, Gary Woods, they all expire. I mean, you, you've seen with Aberdeen signings of late, the Ross McCrory's the sort of the young Scottish emerging talent that one of one of Glass's strengths is that he's this coach that can has shown he can probably develop young players and Aberdeen will want to have that direction going forward because one of the criticisms obviously um, of Derek McInnes was that not enough young players came through and were blooded into the first team and became first team stars from the Aberdeen 
East Academy. But the chairman's also going to have to back him, isn't he, in the transfer market to get in experienced players that can complement these younger players because Aberdeen are going to need to have a squad that's got that balance if they're going to really set out to build on the Denton McInnes finishes over the last few seasons. Well, we can probably help Stephen Glass a wee bit here because let's go through the Aberdeen team that he's coming to uh, cast an eye over. They've got a good goalkeeper. They've got a reasonably solid defence, as we've seen with the, the clean sheets they've kept this season. And they've got some good defensive midfielders. After that, they've got a distinct lack of creativity at the minute. And it's been something that's been slowly chipping away and maybe just lessening the, the, the quality they've got in that squad in that front in the last 18 months, maybe two years. Some Aberdeen fans might argue longer than that. And now, compounded by that, there's nobody even remotely looking like being able to put the ball in the back of the net. So that's that's Stephen Glass's first priority. Look at the young lads, because that's the ones that you need to sort out first. Experienced pros will get, won't be sh- short of offers, whether it's from Aberdeen or somewhere else. That's just the nature of the game. But after that, he's really got to look at, what do I need in this team? Because I need to deliver this attacking, entertaining football that we all know Dave Cormack is craving. And he, from his the point of view, <laughs> he's got to back... <laughs> These guys, he's he's got to back his manager and his assistant, who we expect to be Scott Brown, in terms of who do you need to take us to the next level, and what is that next level? Well, the kind of that's underlined by the fact they've got so many players out of out of contract. If they had all these guys under contract for another year, two years, or whatever, it might be it might be a little bit easier for for Stephen Glass. But he's got to come in and he's got to make judge judgments in the next few weeks, couple of months maybe, on who we, who we can keep, who we can get rid of, which young guys are ready for more involvement in the first team and which guys maybe aren't, maybe need to go out on loan. I think with Saturday, with uh, Cal, uh, Jack McKenzie and Calvin Ramsey, both kind of made their debuts. I think that's maybe a sign of of the kind of the players that could be there in the future. I mean, Shea Logan was obviously kind of left out the squad, which was well publicised. And I think... Calvin Ramsey as an option at right back. I think he's highly rated at the club. I think he might be someone that's that's going to be involved more often going forward. I know a lot of fans have been championing for Ethan Ross to get more game time. And I think with the issues that they've had in the forward areas, particularly with Ryan Hedges going out, I don't see why you wouldn't give someone like him a chance. He seemed to do kind of really well on his loan spell at Dunfermline. Um, and again, he's a, a young homegrown player that it's the kind of, it's the kind of thing that Dave Cormack would want to see. And I think Dean Campbell will be central to it as well. I think if you look at Campbell, Ferguson and McCrory, you've got a three. You've got a three for your midfield there that you can probably you can probably as long as nobody comes in for them in the immediate future, you could probably just sit and park them for the next two and three years and say, right, that's our midfield and and kind of build around that. Another question I have is what does this mean for the recruitment process at Petondry? Because clearly Ross Richardson was a Derek McInnes appointment, his trusted guy from his, his time at Bristol. And now we're bringing in a new manager. Is, is Ross Richardson still there? If not, who's going to be coming in? There's so many questions now you start filtering through your mind. Going, well, where are they going here? What's what's the plan? So, something that interests me is obviously over McInnes' tenure, the model was very much that it was either Scottish players that we played for clubs that Aberdeen were playing against that had impressed McInnes and his staff, or it was guys from England that had impressed Russ Richardson does uh, things like the Ronald Hernandez signing which clearly didn't work under McInnes was 
very left field, very Cormac driven by the looks of things. I'm interested to see whether there's now an avenue back for Ron Hernandez under this new regime and whether we get more signings like that, you know, that, that have got the Atlanta connection. So you could see a more diverse Aberdeen side going forward than we've been used to in terms of nationalities and influences. But yeah, I, I, but it's it's going to have to happen soon, as Jamie said. There's, there's a need for probably real investment over the summer. And it sounds like, to be fair, that Cormac's going to give Glass that. I've, I think we'll see one or two players coming in on loan from Atlanta, in all honesty. I think Stephen would obviously have worked with some of them with the second team and with his interim spell in the with the first team. I think there's a natural kind of synergy there that you can get one or two players to come over, guys that are maybe needing more game time, kind of in a similar way to what happened with John Gallagher. And I mean, that kind of had mixed results, but I would think it would be an easy hit, an easy couple of players to get in, I would think, for for Stephen, if he's players players that he already knows and knows how good they are and how they could fit in if they wanted to come for a year on loan, then that would maybe take a couple of boxes and take a couple of decisions off the off the pad straight away that he that he had to make. Uh, in terms of kind of the makeup of the squad going forward, I think it does it does open up a few different avenues because I mean in the past we could we maybe knew what kind of player Derek McInnes would go for. It would be someone that would be familiar to the British game that wouldn't need much time to adapt. And that's why there was a lot of surprise when Ronald Hernandez came in because it was such a departure from what type of player Derek McInnes would normally have gone for. Whether there's any way back, not I don't know. I don't think the Hernandez-McInnes relationship was the big issue there. I think there were other factors around around Hernandez that kind of maybe contributed to it not working out. Um, I think I think the new manager may want to kind of see what what he's what he could do if he's kind of had a, a bit of time away to refresh himself and, and maybe see his family. I mean, he's got a, what he's in the contract until what twenty twenty four or something like that. So he's he's still got an, a decent amount of time left at, at Aberdeen before they can just write him off completely, unless say there's some agreement reached with Atlanta to go and sign him permanently. Let's not forget Funzo Ojo and possibly even like say, Dylan McGeek, who's struggled to actually get in the first 11. Um, I'm conscious that the third family microphone is needed elsewhere. <laughs> um, just before we go, there's obviously this morning also been quite a lot of um, division on social media, it'd be fair to say, because of because of the fact Scott Brown appears to have opted to, instead of staying at Celtic for another year, to come on board, throw his lot in with Stephen Glass is... I know, Paul, that you've written, I've just read a piece that you've written that talks about how the man, Brown's a mentality man. monster, he's a winner, and how, how beneficial that would be. But is there, just on the fact that it's, it appears to be dividing the fans so much, is that a risk? Should things not should things not um, take off straight away with Glass and Brown? Is the fact that the fans view Glass as a bit inexperienced and they view Brown as the Antichrist, is that going to be a bit of an issue? The Antichrist? That's a bit steep. Um, <laughs> listen, I, I the, the point I made in the piece I've written was if you, whatever you might think of Scott Brown, do you want him in your team? And my answer is always yes, because I'd far rather have him in my side than playing against my side. And I think he's going to be, he's a driven winner. He's got the track record that no other player in Scottish football can come close to touching. 
And that, that just screams the mentality, work ethic, attitude of the guy. And if, if there's one department that Aberdeen really need to, to toughen up, get a bit more aggressive, dare I say, develop the dark arts in the middle of the park, it would be the guys McCrory, Ferguson and Campbell. And who better who better to work with and learn from than the master? But is that's okay if they win. But if you come in without goodwill from a large section of the support, then is it not a lot easier if things don't go right straight away to find yourself um, the subject of angry supporters, ETC? Well, in the short term, you're not going to have supporters at the stadium anyway, so there may be a little bit of a bedding-in period there. I mean, I think the issue for Aberdeen fans is probably more Brown coming in and playing rather than kind of just, if he was coming in just to be his assistant manager, I don't necessarily think there would be as much kind of uh, chagrin about it, but given that they're thinking he could be coming in and, and playing in the in the Aberdeen team that he's done, um, that kind of the Celtic teams he's been part of have done such a good job of almost kind of like keeping Aberdeen down over the last kind of four or five years. I think that could be difficult to, to swallow for a lot of Don's fans. I mean, I, I agree with the point though that Thirdy's uh, made about the mentality of it. Like he's like, win everything there is to win in Scotland and you look at the Aberdeen squad and there isn't a lot of guys there that have actually won something with the club I mean I think is it just Shea Logan and Andy Considine left from that 2014 team I can't think of any or Johnny Hayes maybe Niall Niall McGinn Johnny Hayes and Niall McGinn obviously they came back but there's there's like that's one trophy seven years ago whereas Scott Brown has done it time and time again and it's got to say something for what Stephen Glass has sold him on if he's prepared to walk away from Celtic where he's already a club legend and will have a increased chance of winning silverware again next year. You think it's going to be between them or Rangers to win silverware again. To put that to one side and walk away from that and say, actually, no, I want to go and be part of what's happening at Aberdeen. That has to, that has to be something positive, I would say. I mean, we obviously don't know what the conversations that the two of them have had, but if the, again, if they're both on the same page and the chairman's in there as w- in the same page as well, you'd think that that has to be a positive kind of foundation to start from. I'm not avoiding your question, Ryan. What if it doesn't work out? You're asking. Um, not to be a pessimist. <laughs> I go back to Derek McInnes, our now dearly departed former manager. Um, as soon as it took a, a turn, you were getting the, oh, he's a Rangers man and all this sort of thing. That's just the nature of the game. That's what happens. That's fans. They see their club, their red-tinted spectacles, and that is it. But if you're if you're Scott Brown, you're going, this is a new challenge for me, one I'm taking seriously, I'm going to give it 100%. If you're a fan, that's what you should be expecting, and I don't think you're going to be disappointed. Anything else that comes in terms of actual results, I don't think this gets laid squarely at the feet of the assistant manager, surely. If he is assistant manager, okay. of course. Could mean just be player-coach. We don't know yet. Well, I realise it's now three minutes before we said we'd stop. So, um, I was saying, Jamie, before we started recording, how strange it's going to be to walk into a Pataudry press conference and not see Derek McInnes and instead see Stephen Glass. But I think that'll um, be far less strange than seeing Scott Brown leading out the Dons in a red shirt. Um, anyway, that concludes this special reaction episode of Northern Goal. There's plenty of Scottish Cup action involving our teams taking place tonight, so we'll try and do an update on that. 
later in the week as well. But for now, if you've enjoyed this episode, you can like and subscribe on your favourite podcast app. You can email northerngoal at dctmedia.co.uk. And, well, let's see what happens with the new regime at Pataudry. Hope you loved the episode. And if you did, we'd be grateful if you could leave us a review or rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to pick up your copies of the Press and Journal and Evening Express every day for the best football writing and analysis in the North.